0: That's join M-I-D-I
1: Investor's Edge with Gary Kultbom. Straight talk about you and your money. Now from the BizTalk studios, here is Gary Kultbom.
2: And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. I'm Adam Sarhan in for Gary Kaye, who's out today. Today is Thursday, December 29th, 2022, and we've got a great show for you tonight. We want to thank you very much for being here. Uh, Before we dive in, as you know, this is a show about you and your money and all the fun points in between. Just as a quick reminder, if you don't get the show in your city, you can go to GaryK.com, listen live or archive 24-7 on any device you want. We're live Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Also at GaryK.com, you can follow Gary on Twitter by just pressing the button. You can subscribe to Gary's morning notes sent to your inbox uh, for free. And you may also email Gary, ask about his money management services or join his uh, premium service, which is ConvictionLeaders.com. And that's where he updates members several times a day, does in-depth market webcasts, where he shows you charts, lets you know what he sees. Basically, you can see the market from his point of view. It's a phenomenal uh, service that he puts out. I'm very happy he does that. I read it and I like it a lot. All right, that being said, Gary's out today, so he asked me to fill in. I've got a lot to cover. It's the end of the year. Those of you that know when I cover the show, typically on Fridays, I like doing end of month or end of week. If it's the end of the month, I do end of month. If it's the end of the year, I'm going to do an end of the year. So you're in for a, uh, a treat if you like that kind of wrap up. So first, let's talk about the market today. It was a big up day. What ended up happening? You get it, it, the biggest up days in history occurred during bear markets. And what does that mean? or why? You know, I was just speaking with somebody, uh, at CNBC actually earlier today about that and there's a confluence of three factors first You get short covering What does that mean? There's a lot of people that are short the market And that means you sell something first and you want to buy it back later Hopefully you buy it back if the market or the stock that you're short goes down you make money if the Market or the stock that you're short goes up. You're losing money so shorts just like when you're long, it's the exact opposite. Just think of it the exact opposite of being long shorts. When they want to exit, they have to buy. So that's what the important point here is when you're short something that's you enter it by selling it first. And when you want to exit, you buy. Well, all right, when the markets just had a big drop, like what just happened here, it's perfectly normal to see it bounce. So people that are short or people that shorted late to the party, like yesterday, They see it going up, they they cover their shorts, and they exit, they do that by buying. That's one big force. Second, you get value investors that show up. And value investors, folks, buy for the reason that, oh, stocks are cheap, they had a big drop, let's buy. So there's a second big buying force that enters the market. And then all of a sudden, more people, that are short cover because stocks are going up, not down. That leads to more buying. And then the value investors that bought are rewarded because, oh, look, I was right. Stocks are cheap. Let me buy some more. And then more shorts cover, so on and so forth. Those are the two. That's like becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy that then all of a sudden stocks are going up now on a very short term basis. Then you get momentum traders to come in there and just pile in because of one reason, one reason only stocks are going up. Well, all right. Those are three very powerful forces that, in my opinion, lead to the very strong updates that we see on Wall Street in bear markets. It took me, I think, 10, 12 years to put those three pieces together. And logically, that's the best that I can deduce as far as looking at the different scenarios and understanding the mentality behind it and the logic and the reason why, what, you know, the, the mechanism, the forces, if you will, for lack of a better word that are at play. So when you get that situation where the NASDAQ is up two and a half percent, that's a big move. It's not normal to see the NASDAQ on a normal day go up two and a half percent. So a normal day, a percent, half a percent, three quarters of a percent, a percent change maybe would be considered a, a biggish day. A percent and a half move in the NASDAQ for the day would be pretty big. Two and a half percent, it's, it's a big day. So that's the NASDAQ. It was up 264 points, closed at 10,478. Then the S&P was up 1.75%, closed up 66 points to 3849. The Dow was up 1%, or 345 points, to close at 33,220. And the Russell 2000 closed up 2.5% as well, 2.55%, at, up 43%. so let's just say about 44 points to 1765.95 so just to correct the nasdaq was up 2.59 percent so a few things here what do we buy right stocks are going up let's buy there's so much damage in the market right now if you're a bottom feeder you want to go out there and you know buy the stocks that are beaten up and so on and so forth that's one thing it's not really my area of focus I was speaking to a friend just about an hour ago and I was going through some charts and showing him what I do and how I look at markets and stocks and so on and so forth. And he bought, he's not a market guy at all, Tesla yesterday at 112. Well, he feels like a genius cause it went up 10 points today you now it's at 122 in the aftermarket close at 121.82. Well, all right, good move on his part. He made money, right? Sure. But who's to say the stock is going to go down even more? And I told him, I said, great, you bought it, I'm glad you're making money, but what are you gonna do if the stock goes down to 70 or 80 or 90 or below your entry point? He didn't have a plan, he didn't know. So the most important thing that I've learned that I wanna share, and I wrote about this in my book, Psychological Analysis, you can go on Amazon and get it, is to respect risk. I'm fascinated. I love to learn, right? So I always, people ask me my story. How would you know? How would you get involved in the business? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, real short, I started trading in the 90s. I didn't know anything. And I was a teenager at the time. All right. Now I'm in my 40s. Well, all right. What happened? You learned a few things by staying in the business and surviving multiple bear markets and bull markets and studying successful people and so on and so forth. I'm, I, I didn't go to Harvard or Yale. I started the business in my dorm room at grad school. And unlike Gates and Zuckerberg, who both started in their dorm rooms, they've had monstrous success. I've had a fair deal, good deal of success. I'm very grateful for it. But what I've learned is, is that the number one most important job everybody, just about everybody on Wall Street has, in my opinion, is to manage and respect risk. That's it. So not going, not coming from a big bank and not having the traditional route that most people take I knew I didn't know, and that became my biggest strength. So I have one job, and that job's to learn. The market is a tremendously humbling environment because I'm not the richest person on Wall Street, I'm not the smartest person on Wall Street, but guess what, that's okay. I still can compete and I still can win as long as I do my job and I have rules in place, system system that I follow, and that you can follow too, and have guardrails that help us minimize risk when we're wrong and maximize our wins when we're right. It really is just that simple. You could talk about entries and exits, and I know people from all walks of life on Wall Street, right? There's no re- one of the other beauties of this business is that it's an infinite game, meaning it's not a finite game. A finite game would be a game of chess. There's agreed-upon number of players, two players in chess, and there's agreed-upon number of pieces on the board and there's rules. You can't just take the king and jump over all the other pieces and knock out the other king and that's it, game's over. You can only go one square at a time and so on and so forth. Every player or every, excuse me, piece on the board can, you know, can go a certain amount of places. Same thing with football. There's a beginning of the game. There's an end of the game. Fixed number of players, soccer, basketball, doesn't matter what your tennis, doesn't matter whatever your sport is, golf, it's all the same thing. Those are finite games. There's a beginning, there's an end and there's a finite number of players. And there's certain rules to the game. The market's an infinite game. There's a really good talk on YouTube, if you go on YouTube and type in Simon Sinek and type in infinite game, he explains it in great detail. But basically, the rules are different. Meaning, here anybody can enter the market and exit the market at any point in time. They're free to do so. And there are no quote unquote rules, as long as you're doing something legal and ethical, and I mean, those are the two rules, But my point is is you can buy and sell anything you want that's liquid and publicly traded on an exchange at any point in time. There are no quote unquote rules. You bought this, you have to sell it here and you bought, you can't buy there. So my point is, is that it's really important to have structure and to come up with structure. Why? Because that structure gives you the ability to navigate this endless environment or the infinite environment gracefully, and sets you up to win, because when you respect risk, guess what? That becomes a superpower. It really does, because most people aren't even aware of that. Up next, we've got a lot more to talk about and talk about some stocks, some sectors, the year in review. I'm Adam Sarhan, and this is the one and only Investors Edge.
3: I'm Gary Kahlbaum, host of the nationally syndicated radio show, Investor's Edge. We're not just handsome radio people. We manage investors' money for a living, specializing in fee-based discretionary money management. No big commissions, just a fee on the assets that's managed. We also provide a full range of personalized services, including retirement planning, fixed income, and educational needs. All to assist you in achieving your financial goals. Understanding not all individuals have the same needs, we'll carefully evaluate your personal goals to determine a proper investment strategy. If your current approach to investing is not getting you to where you would like to be, call us to make an appointment for a complimentary portfolio review. The number to call is 888 422 5559. That's 888 422 5559. That's 888 422 5559 Investment advisory services offered through Caltbomb Capital Management.
0: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But MiniHealth understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes.
1: It's time to switch on the integrator units and get the brain cells working. You're listening to. Hey, this promises to be fun. Investor's Edge. The last bastion of quality programming. With Gary Caldbomb. It doesn't get better than this.
2: And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. I'm Adam Sarhan and for Gary Kay, who's out today. In case you missed any part of the show, you can go to GaryK.com and you can pause, rewind, fast forward. I know I speak fast sometimes, but I have a lot to cover. So I do want to share it with you and we have a very little amount of time. So, and I'm not on every day. So there's, you know, there's just, anyway, so feel free to go there. You can pause it, rewind it, fast forward. If you missed anything, you can get it over and over again. So we spoke about the importance of managing risk. Every major investment bank in 2008, the entire investment banking model crashed, right? Every major investment bank, the five big ones, got knocked out of business or had the change to commercial banks. Why? Because they didn't respect risk. doesn't matter if they were buying MBS or LMNOP or housing market or CDOs or blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. What matters is they didn't respect risk. Think of it. It was Bear Stearns, gone, gobbled up. Merrill Lynch gobbled up by Bank of America, right? Lehman Brothers failed, left you with Morgan and Goldman. Well, they had to switch to commercial banks. They're still around, they still were left standing, but they had to switch over from investment to commercial banks. All of them, same reasons, didn't respect risk. Now, the ones that are able to survive decades, like Warren Buffett, for example, and these big banks that are still standing, they understand the importance of respecting risk and the fact that it's an infinite game. You don't have to force it. The environment changes. The market state changes. I talk about this in my book, in Psychological Analysis. Think about your state. Your state changes. Sometimes you're happy. Sometimes you're sad. Sometimes you are have a lot of energy. Sometimes you're low energy. Sometimes, you know, enter any... Anything on the spectrum of of emotions or states you could possibly think of. You know what, you've experienced it. Same with the market. Down in Florida, there are hurricanes. Happen every once in a while, every few years. Okay, great. Well, when there's a hurricane outside, I've lived through several hurricanes. Katrina actually passed over South Florida before it went to New Orleans. And Wilma and all these other ones when I was living there back at the time. And then Central Florida, same thing. They're quiet. They, they rain, 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 rain. And then the eye of the storm goes over you, it's quiet, just cloudy. and All the wind is gone, all the rain is gone. Power's knocked out, so there's no TV. On the radio, this was back in 04 or 05 ish um, when this specific story happened, they tell you, hey, don't, when the eye of the hurricane actually crossed over, like I experienced it, don't go outside because the back half of the hurricane is still coming around. And the back half, those outer, the, those outer bands are even stronger than the front ones. Well, why am I sharing the story with you? The state, the environment changed. If I want to stay dry, I'm not going to go outside in the middle of a hurricane or when it's raining outside. It doesn't make any sense. Instead, I'll wait for the hurricane to pass. And then when the hurricane passes, what happens? You get some of the most beautiful weather ever. Same with the market. The state changes. The good news with us in the market is there's only three states the market can be in at any given time. It can go up down or sideways. Bull market goes up, bear market goes down, sideways, choppy environment goes sideways. And you don't have to be involved all day, every day. Cash is a position if you choose, if that's appropriate for you, right? I don't know you, so I'm not giving, everything is general, nothing specific here, but cash can be a position if someone chooses to have cash as a position. So after a huge rally, since really 09, you had a brief bear market, during that lasted a few weeks during COVID, March of twenty twenty, and then it kind of recovered a few weeks later. I think it was five, six, seven, eight weeks later, whatever it was, It'd be a few months at the most before you broke out above the February twenty twenty high. You pretty much have been going straight up. You had a brief down period in twenty eighteen, the fourth quarter, you had a brief COVID sell off, but pretty much since March of oh nine, you've been going straight up. That's happened before Throughout history, rare, but it's happened before. Where you get the 90s was a very strong period. Brief bear market in 98 with the Asian financial crisis and long-term capital management. And then, bam, markets took off afterwards. It kind of like a blow off top. Similar to what happened with COVID. 09 to 2019, 2020, huge rally. COVID, little sell-off. Just like 98 March in, in sorry, August of 90, the summer of 98. And then, bam, you got this huge rally. The stock market doubled after COVID after having a huge run since 09. Then 2021 rolls up, you know, comes into play. At the end of it, stock market tops out. And Gary's been on this, one, like, white on rice for you. And then what happens? You start going down. And area after area after area is topped out and then starts falling. Just about every single area on Wall Street this year is down, except for, I believe, energy is up, uh, let me look. Some healthcare is up. That's about it. U- t- insurance could be up. Chubb is up a little bit. PGR's is uh, pro- uh, progressive up. Travelers up a little bit. Yeah, that's really it. Some aerospace and defense. So Lockheed Martin's up. North Earth and Grubb, you know Raytheon, that kind of stuff. And then some farming. Deer and Caterpillar. Some other areas, beverages, some stocks are up there too, but pretty much it's been a very, very widespread selling. But the vast majority of the selling has occurred in the NASDAQ. And that's why the NASDAQ is down more than the other indices. But the NASDAQ is not an equally weighted index. Apple, Amazon, you know, the big stocks make up the vast majority of the index. So under the surface, a lot of tech stocks, got mauled during this bear market or got you know destroyed or sold off really hard. Nobody knows how deep these pullbacks are gonna be or how deep these bear markets are gonna be, but we do know if you study history, the market history that is, that bear markets happen. They're part of the, the infinite game that we're in. And the mindset of a player or a participant in that infinite game is really different than the mindset of a player in a finite game. In a finite game, you want to score as fast as possible, get as many points on the board as you can and beat the opponent. But in the infinite game, time can work for you, but time can also work against you. Patience is a virtue. It is extremely important to understand time and use it to your advantage because that's what the smart money does. And I talk about this in my book as well. It's called time arbitrage. Arbitrage is a fancy Wall Street term that just means the difference between two prices. So you can have gold going up a lot, gold stocks are going down. There's an arbitrage play there, right? You can sell one, buy the other, so on and so forth, right? All right, time arbitrage, in my humble opinion, I just created this concept, put it together. Is when you use time to your advantage. Most people are looking at the leaves and the trees and they miss the forest. The leaves on the trees are tick, 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 what happens intraday. The forest is what happens month to month, year to year, quarter to quarter, you know, longer term horizon. So it's really, really important to step back, understand the environment, and understand time and use time to your advantage. Up next. I've got a lot more to talk about. I'm Adam and This is the one and only Investor's Edge.
0: It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain,
1: To. America is talking. Investor's Edge.
2: He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just
1: on his feet here. He's a sitting on a boy. With Gary Caldbaum. Comes
0: highly recommended. You're going to feel better if you talk to him.
2: And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. I'm Adam Sarhan, in for Gary Kay, who's out today. So in case you're just joining us or missed any part of the show, I'm going through some timeless concepts here as we approach the end of the year. We look back and really just take some time to, under, to pause, reflect on the year that just passed and set our stage, for, of course, for the year that's coming. So time arbitrage, we left speaking about that. And again, if you missed any part of the show, you can go to GaryK.com, rewind, fast forward and re-listen to anything you want. Time arbitrage is that concept of using time to your advantage. Most people get in a stock and they're very impatient and they want to get out right away. Or the stock goes up and say they buy it at 100, it goes to 105 and they sell it. Why? Because they're fearful they're going to lose their profits and go down to 95 or down to 50 or whatever it is. And the opposite is also true. They buy it at 100, it goes to 95. Instead of selling it when they're, you know, they're fearful that it's going to go lower, They're hoping it's going to go back up. They're praying it's going to go back up. Please, God, get it back to even. I mean, if you've been trading long enough, probably have done that before. I know I have. When I first got started, I was doing that all the time. But it's it's just... It doesn't help. Warren Buffett talks about it. You want to be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. And what he means by that is do the exact opposite of what I just explained. When you buy it at 100... If the stock's going to double or triple, which is the goal, why would you sell it at 105 or 110 or even 120? If it's acting well, get out of your own way and give it the benefit of the doubt. As long as it's earned the right and it's going up, it's rewarding you, it's making you money. And it's acting well, it's respecting its moving averages, it's moving up in a nice orderly fashion and so on and so forth. Don't be fearful when you're at 105 and you have a 5% cushion and, and you're fearful that you're going to lose those profits. Maybe move the stop to break even if you want to but let the winners run and conversely you buy it at 100, goes to 95 don't hope it's going to go back to 100 do something. If you have risk management you know, process in place you want to sell it, depends on where 5% loss, 8% loss, 10% loss at the most I, I, I would recommend you know, smaller ones but you do whatever's appropriate for you but my point is, is have an exit strategy. That lesson, folks, this year would have saved just about anybody from getting knocked out. And I know people that got knocked out of the game this year, down 70%, down 50%, and some worse. Because it's a great company, Adam, it's gonna come back. Tesla down 40% in the last few weeks. I think it's down. I don't even know what the year to date decline is for Tesla. It's a great company. They make great cars it's down about 70%, I think. Is that right? 68%. I'll check. I'll get back to you in a, in a few minutes here. But all great stocks that on the way up, eventually history shows us there's a time when they should be sold because they don't keep going up forever. Now, If you're comfortable having a 50, 60, 70% drawdown, which is a decline or, you know, and having your money sit there for 10, 20, 30 years or 15 years or, I mean, every stock's different until it quote unquote comes back, that's up to you. But I'm not. Understanding yourself is the next major lesson here. Know thyself. What may work for me might not work for you. Yeah, Tesla's down about 70% this year. Uh, Sorry, let me just go back from its all time high. And that was in 2021. So since November of 2021, the stock was at 414. It's now at 121. But it's a great company. Sure, it's not a great stock anymore. It was a great stock, just like the environment changes, the state changes the market state changes. And if you have that protective, that risk management that I spoke about at the beginning part of the show nailed down, you're not gonna lose 70% of in a stock. Remember, taking responsibility is paramount to being successful. It's really, really important. Why? Because successful people take responsibility. They don't play the victim card, and you know that. If you're listening to Gary's show, you know you you understand these principles. It's really really important to understand. Focus on what you can control. And a friend of mine who's from overseas, down in Peru, they had I think the president was overthrown or something like that. He's like, "Are you following the news? You see what happened? This was a, a few months ago, or a few sorry, a few, a few weeks ago." And I was briefly, I mean, from far away, he said, "Sure, yeah, I kind of you know, I read the news, I read the newspaper every day, I know what's going on." but not details, I don't know, you know dive in deep. He's like, well, what about, doesn't that impact your business? I said, yeah, to a certain extent, but my focus is America, my focus is USA. I wanna see what's happening in the markets. Politics is a sideshow, sure, it matters, sure. But for me, you know, I'm speaking the language of, I wanna stay focused. I'm speaking the language of money, I wanna focus on the market, I want to, that's what I'm interested in. I can't be focused on 100 different things and be the jack of all trades and the master of none. I want to stay hyper-focused on the markets and what impacts our bottom line. What shows up in your statement every single day when you get your statement is the price you paid for the stock, your entry price, and then the current price. And the difference between those determines whether you make money or you lose money. Everything else, in my opinion, is secondary. But it's a great company, the earnings and this, that, that. great, stock going up if you're long. (laughs) Tesla, last quarter, their earnings were up almost 70%. Sales were up 56% year over year. Return on equities, 38.5%. Phenomenal numbers. Stock's down 70%. What shows up in my statement? Price. That's what determines my decisions. Because you can have a great company and a lousy stock, and vice versa. You can have a lousy stock... And a great, you know, oh, sorry, a great, a great stock and a lousy company. I mean, the company loses money. But you can still make money in the stock. So understanding the stock is a different animal than the company is really, really important. Now, if you wanted to buy the business and you don't care about the stock, sure, different, different way to play this infinite game. And that's the other beauty of this business. There's an infinite number of ways to make money in the market. Your job is to find one that works for you. And stick to it. Avoid what they call style drift, where you're drifting back and forth depending on you know what's working, the next shiny object. It's not really a winning strategy to just jump, oh, today I'm a value investor, tomorrow I'm a growth investor, the next you know, find something that works for you and stick to it. Because that'll give you success over the long term. So if you can put these pieces together. There's time arbitrage we spoke about, we spoke about, we spoke about a lot of things, I won't cover it all now, but let me talk to you about another piece. respecting risk, I'll go through a few of them. Understanding the big lesson for me in 2022 is just reaffirms the importance of respecting risk. If you keep those losses small and stay out of the environment when the environment's not conducive and get back in when it is conducive, you can do over time the odds of you doing well increase dramatically, dramatically. So what am I looking for to get bullish going forward in 2023? There's three things. I was interviewed the other day and I shared it I shared it in my fine stocks report also. So first thing I want to see the S and P 500 get back above its 200 day moving average. One, number two, I wanna see the S&P 500 start making higher highs and higher lows. And number three, I wanna see new stocks break out, new leadership, new stocks break out of sound bases and blast off and go to the moon. Why? Because the stock market is made up of stocks. <laughs> yes, there are certain stocks like Apple or Amazon and that make up a disproportionate amount of the index, On a waiting basis but the stock market if you start seeing new stocks new highs and they're breaking out and they have innovative companies and they're doing this and they're doing that and stocks are going up the market has no choice but to follow over time so that new batch of leadership the s p 500 making new highs higher highs and higher lows and then the SP to get above the 200 day and stay above the 200 day moving average. Those are the three things I'm looking for. There's the music. Up next, got a lot more to cover. I'm Adam Sarhan. This is the one and only Investor's Edge.
1: well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to...
3: What are we waiting for? Well,
0: what are you waiting for? One, two, ready, yeah! go.
1: Action! Investor's Edge with Gary Culpa.
2: And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. I'm Adam Sarhan in for Gary Kate today. As always want to thank you very much for being here. Covered a lot on the show so far. We've got a few minutes left. I'm going to introduce another topic here. We spoke about what I'm looking for to get bullish. And another thing I'm looking for to get bullish, which I may sound surprising at first, would be another leg down on Wall Street. Typically, well, Adam, you want stocks to go down? Eh, not really, but yes, in the short term. Why? It paves the way for the next bull market. Typically, going back and studying every major bull market in the US stock market's history, which I've done multiple times, and other bull and bear markets in outside the US stock market, other bear markets and economic cycles, so on, it's booms and busts and so on and so forth. It's all human nature. That's why In the book, it's called Psychological Analysis. There's fundamental analysis and technical analysis, right? Fundamental analysis, you study the company, the earnings and so on and so forth. The technical is you study the stock, the chart patterns, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not enough to beat the market. But those are the two prevailing schools on Wall Street. The third element is self-mastery. And that's a psychological analysis. To master thyself, to know what makes you tick, pardon the pun, and then of course, understand the market, the the psychology of the crowd. Because we're all investing in the same place. So every just about just about every major bear market in history ends with capitulation. What does capitulation mean in English? A big move down. Rothschild, the famous Rothschild family, a while ago, hundreds of years ago, Had this famous saying, you want to be buying when there's blood on the streets. Well, it's not literal blood on the streets now. Red, maybe stocks go down. You want to say that's blood, sure. But what's the idea there? The idea is some of the best opportunities in history come in the early stages of a new bull market. In order for the new bull market to show up, you typically see what we're seeing now followed by a big move down and that big move down becomes this forced liquidation environment. Maybe the October low holds and we don't have a big move down and that's it. The bear market's over. We could retest it and they go, or this could be it. This could be a higher low right now. And then we just take off and go. I'm open to anything. My friend Jim talks about maximum flexibility when it comes to markets. Anything can happen anytime. And being extremely open minded and being able to shift almost on a dime is really important because nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. No one knows what's going to happen next year. But we know what's happening right now. We can react to it. And then, of course, we can plan for what's going to happen next week. It goes up, it goes down, it goes sideways. That's it. What, is, what are you going to do if it goes up? What do you do if it goes down? What do you do if it goes sideways? That's how I plan everything. I do the work on the weekends when the markets are closed. That works for me. That's a system that I've developed that works for me. Now, sorry, I didn't develop, but like I created it. No, others before me have used it. Nicholas Darvis used it from a great book called How I Made $2 Million in the Stock Market, published decades ago, before I was even born. I think it came out in this. I can't even remember. But anyway, it came out in, in I think he was trading in, in the 50s or 60s. I, I don't even know. The point is this. This is a system that I use. I didn't create it, I don't take ownership over it, but I, use, I make my decisions when the markets are closed and I plan for one of those three scenarios. The market goes up, it goes down, and it goes sideways. And the big leg down sets the stage for the next bull market. It doesn't have to happen. And the other thing is most bear markets typically end in March. I don't know why, but you know, new bull markets are born in March. In the last 20 years, the last two big bear markets, really ended in March. The 08 crisis or financial crisis ended in March of 09. And that was the birth of the massive bull market we saw. And back in, after the dot-com bubble crashed, it bottomed in October of 02. And then it kind of retested it again afterwards, but really didn't get going until March of 03, which was the invasion of Iraq. So that March 03 is when the mojo came into the market and we saw some really heavy duty buying and bam, the bull market was born. So wouldn't surprise me at all if the market goes down in January, February-ish, March-ish, we get that big leg down and then bam, bottoms and it takes off. Now, it doesn't have to bottom in March. It could bottom in October. It could bottom in July. It could bottom any time. So I'm not making any predictions or throwing, you know, I'm just saying, hey, historically, we've seen markets bottom in October, which this bear market so far has bottomed in October if, if the lows hold. And then we see a big boom higher in March or they've just bottomed in March, but not all of them. There's some, bo- then some have bottomed at other points in the year. So would it surprise me at all to see another leg down and then we bottom in March? Not at all. <laughs> would it surprise me if the October low is tested and holds? Not at all. Either way, maximum flexibility. This bear market could drag on for another two years. There's no rules that say the bear market has to end right now. And the other thing I'm looking for, people ask me all the time, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? When inflation has to come down. Housing prices have to come down. And the other thing is unemployment goes up. I don't want anyone to lose their jobs. I don't want housing prices to go down. But typically, bear markets end when there's economic duress, when there's economic stress, when people feel pressure financially. And now the average person doesn't feel pressure. I can tell you from experience. I'm at Disney World in Orlando. Places packed, sold out. Resorts sold out. Nothing available, zero. That typically doesn't happen during bo- bear market bottoms. Could this one be different? Sure, anything's possible. But the Fed wants inflation to come down. People have to stop spending. How do people stop spending? They don't have a job, or their house, their biggest asset. Most people, their biggest assets, their house, goes down significantly. Oh, wait a minute, my house isn't worth a million bucks anymore. It's worth seven, six dollars You know, that kind of mindset kicks in. Then all of a sudden, inflation comes down. Then the Fed stops raising, they, start, they pause, they start easing, and then the next boom starts, and so on and so forth. It's just cycles. You know, Ray Dalio's got a great book. It's called Principles, where he's the biggest hedge fund manager in the world and started his two-bedroom apartment. And in it, he outlines his principles, and it's a great next-level thinking-style book. And he talks about just about everything in history. It's another one of these or another one of those it's happened before. You might not have experienced it, but it's happened before. So, want to take the time. Wish everybody a very, very happy, healthy new year. Prosperous new year. Enjoy your family. Put the market where it belongs, on the sidelines. Take care of the important things. The biggest bull market's in front of us. We don't know when, but we know it's in front of us. Happy new year, everybody. Speak to you again soon.
1: This has been Investor's Edge with Gary Kultbom on BizTalk. To listen to past episodes or to get in contact with Gary, go to GaryK.com. That's GaryK.com.